0: Mm -hmm. Hi, good afternoon, and welcome to CIO Leadership Live. I'm Mary Fran Johnson, the Executive Director of CIO Programs, and I'm very pleased to be here today with Jack Clare, who is the Chief Information and Strategy Officer at Duncan Brands, which which is headquartered locally here in Boston. Jack joined Duncan back as an Enterprise CIO in 2012, and then by 2015, he had added the strategy, the chief strategy officer, to his title. And that was a move driven by a CEO who very wisely recognized <laughs> that cri- the critical role that technology is playing in Duncan's business. In his current role, Jack is responsible for directing all of IT resources with a very intense focus on supporting thousands of Duncan's franchisees across the country and driving restaurant profitability as well. All told, there are about 20,000 stores in the Duncan brand. Half of them are Dunkin' Donuts and the other half are Baskin Robbins. And while Duncan is a very well-known consumer brand here in the Northeast and especially around New England, It is known not just for the donuts, but for the ice cream. And this $900 million business has been in the news a lot lately with its plans for a brand refresh and an expansion. Before he joined Duncan six years ago, Jack was the VP of IT and the CIO for Yum Restaurants International, where his responsibilities included IT strategy for more than 14,000 restaurants internationally for brands that we all know and love, such as KFC and Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. And before that, Jack held other IT leadership roles at Constellation Brands and Sapient Corporation. He got his start in IT as a systems and flight test engineer with the United States Air Force. Welcome here, Jack. Thanks very much, Mary Fran. Delighted to have you. All right, we should start out with the basics. You should tell us what's your favorite coffee in the Dunkin' line.
1: Sure. Um, Well, while we may not be known for espresso, we actually have a full line of uh, espresso-based drinks, and I've always Mm -hmm. been a big fan of of the quick shot, so a double espresso would probably be my favorite.
0: Well, that's great. It would be embarrassing if you had to run out to Starbucks and get it, I guess, <laughs> sure, <right? laughs> sure, Now, what do you think is the most craveable donut in the lineup?
1: Yeah, we have, uh, you know, I think maybe inspired by uh, the the flavor variety from our Baskin-Robbins uh, ice cream brands. Uh, we've really been innovating our, our innovation team uh, for a lot of our, our recent windows, and, and frankly, for the last couple of years. Uh, so you know, it's an interesting platform to get creative with donuts. So mm. uh, recently we had a partnership with the Girl Scouts and had uh, Girl Scout cookie inspired uh, donuts as well as drinks. Uh, and now we're we've got uh, at the moment uh, a comet candy uh, mm-hmm. and spring fling donuts. So uh, oh. we've been innovating quite a bit, but I, I have to go back to my childhood and when you aren't from Boston, uh, we love the idea of a Boston cream, so it's mm-hmm. that, still a standby favorite.
0: Excellent. It happens to be my husband's favorite as well. <laughs> um, back when I was eating donuts, before I started denying myself the pleasure, I was always just all about the glazed. Just sure. really like the straight up glaze. And also still a,
1: a standby. Yeah. A still yeah. yes.
0: Now and one of the things I mentioned in your expansion, I, I didn't mention that you're also doing a certain amount of streamlining with the menu yep. that's at Duncan right now, mm-hmm. and you're going to uh, uh, pare down to like a dozen of the most popular brands. That's what's going on. Yeah, there. Yeah, I mean
1: there will be, uh, and and we've actually largely already done that. Uh, mm-hmm. But we we it was based on an initiative a couple of years ago. Uh, where we did a consumer perception study. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that we had uh, more food items uh, on our menu at the time than a lot of our competitors who specialize in Uh, Food and -hmm. we had more drink items than those who focus on drinks. Ah. So we were trying to be all things to all people with so much variety. Choices, absolutely. Yeah. The problem is it was hard to execute in store. So we've paired that way back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did a test last year. Test results were were very good. In fact, in large part, uh, we would pull uh, a large chunk of the variety uh, off Mm -hmm. the menu, and uh, consumer intercept. So talking to real customers going Mm -hmm. into those stores never even noticed. So, ah. a lot of those, um, I, I hate to mm-hmm. call them fringe products, were uh, yeah. not really being purchased. Uh, they were just on the menu available.
0: Well, and, and we'll talk about this more as we get going here, but there is just so much competition for the eyeballs and the click-throughs and sure. uh, on the apps. The idea of having a very focused and well-known product line yep. is very powerful these days of in course. retail. I would think. Yeah. Well, and and just starting out talking about this reminds me that the uh, probably the most interesting thing about uh, your title and your role there is how it combines the CIO role with the strategy role. And, and clearly, you know, we'll talk about the. Um, consumer uh, products kind of surveys that you've been involved in. But I wanted you to talk a little bit more about this relatively rare combo and how this, I know it came about a few years ago, um, but how has that role been developing? Sure. Uh,
1: Mm -hmm. You know, at the time, uh, our CEO, who I I work for, was looking for ways to provide me development opportunities. He's been a great supporter. He's a huge Mm -hmm. fan of technology and Uh, how it uh, supports and can enable our business. Uh, So that was really uh, twofold. One, we were starting to embark on this large initiative, which was great experience for a technologist to lead something Mm -hmm. uh, more general to the business. Um, So we needed someone to lead it. And Mm -hmm. to your point, um, you know, the conversation at the time, and I think it's still true today, is uh, not, not exclusively, but in large part, Uh, Almost all major... Uh, business initiatives or opportunities to grow the business are enabled by technology in one form or another. Often so,
0: completely empowered by absolutely. it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So we may, So I think you know the, the conversation was, let's combine whatever strategic initiatives come out of that study mm-hmm. with the guy who's going to end up catching a lot of them to yeah. make them real.
0: Because it's going to land on your desk anyway. That's right. So That's you right. might as well kind of have uh, hands on shaping it That's you know, right. as you go yeah. along. Now, do you end up having to consciously switch hats? between CIO and chief strategy officer, or has it become the blended? It, it's kind of one of those, it is what it is in yeah, terms no, of the job. Um,
1: no, and in large mm-hmm. part, honestly, we're in a cycle now where a lot of those strategic in- initiatives have been uh, agreed upon. And as our president of the, the U.S. Duncan business uh, says, at, at this point, uh, thinking time is over and it's doing time. So, ah. We're actually in process with a lot of major initiatives, not just in my area, but across the entire business, mm-hmm. uh, to actually act on a lot of the insights that we got out of that study. So frankly, that's a, a lower priority and, and a time sink at the moment. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm quite busy executing.
0: Yeah. with the Well, the execution and operation piece of it is one of the things you mentioned. That yeah. it's, I mean, it's fun gathering up all the research and the information and doing the strategizing part always right. seems like the fun part. But it does seem like CIOs are very—I I often think they're very well positioned to move into chief operating officer roles. Oh, because I totally agree. So yeah. much of what we they are do. operators at the end of the day. Yes, yeah. exactly. Now, one example of that strategy role that we've mentioned already is this consumer perception study mm-hmm. that you were involved with. Tell us more about that and what what you learned about the consumers as a CIO.
1: Sure. Uh, if you think about our brand, and, and when I say that, I mean the Duncan brand, because that was specifically targeting Duncan in the domestic U.S. market. Okay. Um, it, it's an interesting brand. It's probably the last, you know, if you call it super regional brand, because mm-hmm. we did start, you know, 10 miles from here. Yeah. Uh, and it's radiated outward, just mm-hmm. like A great competitor of ours on the other coast uh, started in Seattle and has radiated out from Mm -hmm. there. And Mm -hmm. so we've passed each other in the middle of the country. Uh, The interesting thing about our brand is it's not exactly uniform across the country. Hmm. If you go into new markets, uh, after all, we do say donuts on the sign. Yeah, They think of us as a donut concept, which is a, a much... Uh, lower incidence purchase. You, you mm-hmm. just can only eat so many donuts. Yeah. Uh, but here in the core market uh, in New England, the Northeast uh, broadly, as well as you know now, if you get out into Philly, Baltimore, Washington, Chicago, you know, well developed markets uh, where we have high penetration, we're actually a beverage concept, uh, ah. and very specifically, yeah. beverage. You know, coffee originally, but but more broadly now, uh, coffee, tea, but mm-hmm. you know, iced coffee, all of uh, our beverage line. Um, Which which is a great business to be in. It's a high growth business, um, you know, versus, you know, know, a a lower incidence purchase like Mm -hmm. uh, donuts would be. Uh, But you need food to attach to those beverages. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have this discontinuity. So we really wanted to understand what the consumer thought of us uh, in different parts of the country, in different consumer segments. And we then wanted to understand where we could operate. So were we competing in the right markets Mm -hmm. and how were consumers trying to use us?
0: And some of the results from that study were a, a series of initiatives, as you've mentioned, yep. that are in operation right now. Um, what, give me some examples. Sure. What well, th- uh, I'll mm-hmm. start
1: with the menu simplification we talked about. So that was one of the big insights. Okay. Uh, some of the others, uh, we're actually looking at uh, the entire brand expression. Our, our marketing team has been working on that in a couple of different iterations. So there's been some news with some test stores where we've tried different signage, um, some mm-hmm. of it a little controversial, at least here in the core market. The ones where uh, you drop
0: donut. Well, we,
1: we drop we donut do from dunkin- the name, mm-hmm. but um, uh, if you reflect back, Starbucks dropped coffee from their name, uh, mm-hmm. KFC stopped spelling out Kentucky Fried Chicken, yep. uh, a number of brands just become a brand, Yes. Uh, as opposed to having to explicitly explain it to you. Uh, And again, we're much more a beverage concept than specifically a donut concept, certainly Mm -hmm. today. Uh, So that's one of the changes. Uh, And then we're looking at a lot of operational changes as well. So uh, dispensing systems, there are some technology components in store, but trying to improve the service model with a simpler, more straightforward menu so that we can reduce friction, uh, inaccuracy, mm-hmm. et cetera, in our service um, to our customers.
0: And so that, and that kind of is a nice segue into the biggest IT initiatives that are part of the operationally rolling this sure. out. You mentioned that you're revamping your, uh, your POS and your back office system software right now. That's pretty major. That's like yeah. airlines revamping their reservation systems, right? right? right.
1: And, of course, you have to do it while you're still running the business. Of course you so do, So it's the yes. old change the engine while mm-hmm. the car is running. Yeah. Um, yeah, The uh, th- that actually started as an independent initiative, but we've dovetailed it into all of those that came out of the, the strategic study. Um, we, we were just on an aging platform, and a lot of the requests from uh, the, the business functions, we just couldn't support with the platforms we were on. Mm-hmm. And for a number of different uh, reasons – Uh, We're now in process with changing out both our point of sale and Mm -hmm. what we call back office system. So all of the rest of the store operations, um, uh, maybe not necessarily customer facing. So labor inventory, uh, receiving supply chain, all of Mm -hmm. that for the store uh, for both brands. So both Duncan and Baskin uh, domestically.
0: Yeah. Well, and the IT and your IT organization plays a very interesting role in the franchise model. Sure. So I wanted you to kind of explain a little bit more about that. I'm always surprised at how tight your team is. I mean, sure. you think about a nationally known brand like Duncan, and I'd be thinking a couple thousand IT people. Yeah, That's not the case. No, <laughs> uh-huh. no. Uh,
1: we're just very efficient no. There you go.
0: <laughs> Each of my people is worth 10. That's of right. A, yeah. That's
1: right. Uh, it does mm-hmm. make the comparisons easy, though, yeah. you know, when we have a debate over spend. Um, Uh (laughs) But the reality is uh, restaurant retail as an industry Mm -hmm. is highly franchised for a whole lot of reasons. But, you know, the fundamental uh, concept of using other people's money um, and lending them your brand and Mm -hmm. operating model, uh, you know, works very well. Uh, Works well for our franchisees. They don't have to develop product. They don't have to develop a whole brand expression. Mm -hmm. Uh, We bring a lot of standards, uh, including uh, from technology uh as part of that um, we are are an interesting business as a result in that we are a modest you know 900 million dollar company mm-hmm. but we're running a large 10 billion dollar plus system yeah uh, and in my world sometimes that means I'm I'm a fairly you know small to mid-sized business when I do things like provision devices to our employees because right. we don't have that many employees maybe 12 mm-hmm. 1300 Um, nationally Uh, then uh, when we think about things like a store network where we actually um, design and stand up uh, technologies that are consumer facing in-store we're a very large account to say a a Verizon Enterprise. So ah. to Verizon Retail for cell phones, I'm inconsequential. To Verizon right. Enterprise, uh, we're, we're a meaningful a account. So mm-hmm. yeah. uh, it makes us a little dyslexic sometimes.
0: <laughs> well, and then you've also got the brand, too. I mean, the famous sure. brands. I've run into other CIOs who will have a very well-known brand and a relatively small operation, but sure. they can pretty much still say, jump, and the vendors will say, which window? <laughs> so, you know, that uh, that's, that can be very helpful. Um, um, well, we uh, when I'm thinking about the, the kind of upgrading and the things you're doing across, it's actually across both brands? Across both brands business?
1: domestically. Domestic, um, but okay. But, you know, let's call that half our business, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Well, and I know every time you and I talk, we always get into the innovation in the digital space. Sure. And, you know, the consumer facing stuff, the apps, the features, and the functions. Yep. How, uh, what is the latest that you're working on with that? And what are the next steps that you're kind of looking forward to?
1: Yeah, if I, I mean, first, just a historical comment, because, you know, I think now we look back on the last decade or two and it's been a fascinating time. So if uh, Amazon came along and disrupted, anything that could be delivered in a brown box. Mm -hmm. So initially those were books, obviously. And then it became virtual goods because Mm -hmm. those didn't even have to be put in a box. Uh, And then, you know, I lived through sort of the next generation, I call it, where there were certain use cases that lent themselves even for, um, you know, freshly prepared products. So think Mm -hmm. of, you know, food and beverage. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was predominantly pizza because you had to call someone – and tell them where to bring the product to, so that lent itself to to mm-hmm. moving to you know a mobile or digitized um, delivery method. So now we're probably at the tail end of that. So Mm -hmm. Amazon hasn't figured out how to deliver a fresh cup of coffee in a box. Fortunately,
0: fortunately for you, Uh, yes, (laughs) yeah, and
1: our franchisees, yes. Uh, However, the consumer who is now used to that for Mm -hmm. all of the other things in their life that can largely be brought to them in a brown box, yeah, um, you know, is still inclined to use uh, digital products, um, services to engage with brands. So for us, that means you know, mobile ordering and payment. So you want to order ahead, Mm -hmm. have the product ready as you drive through or, you know, walk into one of our stores... Uh, and, you know, pay for it virtually. So yes. you don't ideally in, in the consumer's mind, they don't have to engage with anyone and mm-hmm. everything is there and ready for them at the moment that they want. <laughs> so that's what we've been working on. We started with mobile payment in 2012. Yep. We added our uh, DD Perks uh, loyalty program on the Duncan side in 2014. And for the last two years, we've been doing mobile ordering. So a mm-hmm. uh, complete e- ecosystem now with, mm-hmm. the, you know, a loyalty component to let you order ahead, Pay and then pick up in store in any way you want.
0: Well, and I remember talking with you about these concepts a couple of years ago, back yep. in 2014. And I, you know, not only did you hang around and stay with it <laughs> as the CIO, but you've actually delivered on all of this. It's, uh, I was going back and looking at just some old uh, interview notes I had, and I was like, well,
1: yeah, it's out delivery. There. You know, yeah, yeah. check yeah, done, yeah. 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 Yeah, no, uh, mm-hmm. so delivery is is probably an extension. I think that's where we're all experimenting right now, ah. uh, looking, you know, again, maybe the pizza uh, model uh, is a good example. But we're trying to not only have you come to us, but mm-hmm. provide us bringing in a short time frame product to you. Yeah. So delivery, even for small things like a beverage, is starting to become a real concept.
0: Wow. Well, I uh, one of my CIOs that spoke at one of our events last year is the CIO of a big restaurant chain um, in the southeast. It's um, Carabio's Italian and uh, Stonefish Grills and all oh, of those. Okay. It's Bloomin' Brands. Yeah, I know and, Bloomin' and Brands. Yeah, yeah, and they had a big uh, an, an ongoing internal debate about whether just having – you know people could order and come in and pick up but then there was the the move into delivery Absolutely. as well and the and the big fear was that it would actually start eating into profits at the restaurants themselves. Sure. And the opposite has turned out to be true. Yep. It ended up being a very fast-growing business. So uh, it, there must be a lot of interesting conversations that go on with the marketing folks.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And and we've tried even further extensions if you think about catering. So large mm-hmm. orders in a setting other than just a you know think of a commuter coming through or mm-hmm. someone on the go coming through uh, our stores. Uh, we've uh, tinkered with curbside, so you don't want to come in the store, but you'll come to the store. You want to pull in, uh, but have it brought out to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, we've played with all of those. All of them have been tried. Yeah. Uh, we'll see which ones actually stick and the consumer really know, wants if, to utilize.
0: I know, and if we were to get really retro... Consumers would want someone to bring it to their car on roller skates. That's right. Right. That's right yeah. <laughs> Maybe we're going back to that <laughs> that model. You know, the, we're almost the, there. If you the look American at Sonic, Sonic thing. is still close. You yeah, know. exactly. Well, and one of the whenever I'm talking with CIOs about their biggest initiatives underway, I always have to throw out everybody's favorite topic: the cybersecurity aspects. Sure. All right. How has that? Um, at, what can you tell me about sure. your approach to cybersec and uh, what sort of issues are more of a concern for you now than they might have been two or three years ago. Okay yeah, so mm-hmm. that's
1: yeah, fair question on the update. Well, I'd, I'd go back again and say ever since uh, let's mark the milestone at uh, the target the breach target at breach. the end of 2013, mm-hmm. um, you know, we very quickly uh, did uh, some auditing internally to say mm-hmm. where are we exposed. We spent the first you know few years since, uh, making sure we had our house in order. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we've transitioned to being very innovative and in evaluating what else can we layer on as new tools and services emerge. And there mm-hmm. are there's a lot of innovation in, in that space, mm-hmm. uh, as everyone knows. In fact, as far as technology, you know, private equity uh, investment. I think you know, cybersecurity is, is probably number one even now. Um, but I would also say, starting then and still to this date. Um, it's my top priority. As yeah. as our CEO says, second only to food safety, uh, data security is the number two issue that could impact our brand. Because mm-hmm. if consumers are afraid to come in and use their payment cards to yes. purchase your product, uh, there's little else you can do other than make them sick. Yeah. Um, so uh, with that kind of focus, you know, I've, it's been a, Weekly management topic at our leadership mm-hmm. um, meetings. It has been a standing uh, issue, or you know, topic at either our board or audit committee, mm-hmm. uh, one or the other. I present at uh, at every meeting uh, to provide them an update. So it's really been a focus area. And even those that maybe don't have a technology background have educated themselves, themselves a lot. Yep. So I find now even among our board or broader mm-hmm. uh, management team that uh, those in perhaps unrelated uh, you know functions have educated themselves a lot on, what could cause a breach? What do you do in the event of a breach? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and how do you respond, prevent, et cetera? Yeah. And, and where are the risks? So, it's been very collaborative, but it's nonstop. It's still job yeah. number one.
0: Well, one of the uh, um, I run a series of regional CIO events, the CIO Perspective Series, and one of our uh, standing elements now in the agenda. We started doing this last year is a discussion with CIOs and CSOs about various aspects of cybersecurity. Last year, we talked a lot about educating the board and how you do that and how you engage senior executives in really understanding what's involved and why so much money has to go toward cybersecurity, that kind of thing. This year, we've been talking, our our topic, our new topic this year is resiliency. Mm -hmm. It's about like building these shock absorbers into the organization because you have to assume that um, some sort of breach will happen somewhere. Absolutely. And it's about finding it earlier and... uh, Mitigating, And, and uh, you know, I always
1: share the perspective that just keep in mind uh, that the bad guys out there wake up and innovate every day. So uh, <laughs> it's not because we it. just defeated them today that they're going to give up and go away. So we have someone yeah. out there trying to destroy or compromise our work every day.
0: Yeah. Do you uh, go it alone in terms of the expertise or do you partner with outside cybersecurity experts?
1: absolutely partnering, yeah. Oh, okay. Now, I would say that in the, yeah, we have, again, we are a lean team to your point Mm -hmm. earlier, uh, just given the asset light model uh, of our business. But uh, we have used partnerships to educate and develop our own folks, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in our, you know, infrastructure, broader, you know, uh, information security area. Uh, but we have a lot of partnerships, both for, not only for, you know, breach response, defenses, etc., mm-hmm. but also for some of the, uh, you know, think about the communication. You know, mm-hmm. what what are the, what, what kinds of retainer models do you need to have in place? Um, you know, insurance models, uh, and actually, uh, you know, a lot of the insurers now have even added elements of education because it's in their interest for you to Mm -hmm. be uh, better skilled at defending and then remediating
0: uh, if you fail. So at So the phishing yes. things, yeah. yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I even publishing companies are doing that now. <laughs> we were, we were also surprised. You even know, publishing we, companies, even publishing companies <laughs> or tech media companies now, we have to a couple times a year. We have to go through like you know security training yep. on it and everything, yep. and it's and it's kind of embarrassing if you get like seventy percent on the test. Yeah, you know that's a C. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, we do that. Yeah. We uh,
1: and we sequence it. We Mm -hmm. train annually. Actually, we're moving to biannual. Uh, then we mm. test, and mm-hmm. and then there is a little embarrassment factor when your boss yes. gets notice that uh, mm-hmm. you didn't pass the test. Yes,
0: exactly. He only got seven out of ten questions That's right. right, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> or you clicked
1: the link you shouldn't have. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, um, and one of the when I uh, thinking again about uh, the role that IT plays and the size you do this with, you you made the point you're less than a billion in revenue and running ten billion dollars worth of stores, and you're doing that with a hundred IT employees roughly. That's right. And but you said I think you said Hundreds of partner resources. Oh you know? yeah, so there's absolutely. Many, many more hundred. Yeah. How how does that work in terms of the skill sets that you need in your IT department? It yeah. doesn't sound like your typical you know build r- plan build run kind of setup. Right. Well,
1: mm-hmm. I I think that still applies. It's just a function of you know. Uh, are they our employees or partnered resources? Yeah. So by and large, for instance, I don't have any entry-level jobs in the organization. So right. I don't hire, think of, you know, bench application uh, You're you not know, frantic developers. to find millennial developers. No, no. no. I mean, we still mm-hmm. have plenty of millennials, yeah. um, mm-hmm. but they're typically, you know, second, third uh, position in their career because... We're made up more of very senior, very skilled professionals in areas that Mm -hmm. can then manage uh, partners with a lot of resources uh, under contract to us and our franchisees. Uh, To provide services, yeah,
0: I feel like to to for many companies in different industries, that's almost certainly going to be the model going forward. You know, where the IT, the core IT group, actually ends up getting smaller, but the way they're managing is it's like the kind of the nucleus. Yeah, certainly in some mm
1: -hmm. areas, because they can they you know our partners can achieve scale by having multiple clients all who have the exact same need. We focus more on the things that are unique and differentiate us uh, and therefore apply it to Duncan or mm-hmm. or Baskin very specifically. But uh, there's, you know, there's little motivation for us to stand up our own service desk call center right. for our franchisees when there are large partners who have been very successful and mm-hmm. provide great service doing that for Many, many different customers.
0: Well, and thinking about the franchisees, they have to invest. Essentially, they they kind of they have to pay their way for the technology. How have their needs and requirements or their demands on you? uh, How have those changed in the last few years as consumers have gotten well more demanding, more insistent? Everything should be the Amazon model, you know?
1: Yeah, the uh, if we go back to you know our our mobile app architecture, or let's say broadly Mm -hmm. our digital consumer engagement, um, you know, our franchisees, like, you know, uh, many uh, non- non-tech uh, industries, mm-hmm. uh, were, were not used to technology being mission-critical in their stores. Right. Um, now it is. Uh, even today, there was mm-hmm. an outage uh, nationwide with, with one of our mm-hmm. payments ecosystem uh, providers, oh. And, um, you know, that, that now is mission critical and it caused a lot of disruption sure. for us. in across retail. cash. Right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So as consumers, you know, have demanded uh, technology services in consumer branded um, products and services, our franchisees and our, you know, uh, you know company itself mm-hmm. have had to educate themselves on Technology and why does it break? Uh, yeah. You know, why does it take so long to fix it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- those are problems they didn't have. Call it a decade ago, right?
0: Well, in a decade ago, though, they didn't have their own devices. They didn't have a supercomputer and their in cell their hand. phone. To, That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. So all those that
1: they wanted to use with our store or yeah, our products, exactly,
0: right? yeah. exactly. And then along came the iPad. That's right. You know, yeah. everything changed with that too. And well, and that uh, the next topic I wanted to get into a little bit more is the mission-critical role of mobile technology. Sure. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, you started out a few years ago. We're thinking through kind of this whole ecosystem and how it would develop. Um, what are the biggest milestones that you've hit lately with mobile?
1: Yeah, well, if again, I go back mm-hmm. to we started with payment in 2012, and mm-hmm. that was uh, in the same construct we use today where you can display using our app a QR code mm-hmm. uh, that we scan in store to pay. Yep. Uh, so that eliminated the wallet, even before the... The wallet know, everyone, ever caught on. Yeah, yeah. before uh, everyone tried to, to move a wallet onto yeah. phones. Uh, so that was uh, the initial foray. Then we uh, laid over that, the, the perks uh, loyalty program. So mm-hmm. now we, you, you give us insight into your order. So we know all of your orders mm-hmm. uh, are yours. You earn points and then ultimately uh, get a free beverage reward um, to, to redeem those points. Uh, so we layered that in, in 2014, and then, again, two years ago, we added uh, mobile ordering. So mm-hmm. you could order and pay virtually before you showed up. Yeah. And today you can do that. If you walk in, uh, your product will be waiting uh, for you on the counter. You mm-hmm. literally, and I, I do this once or twice a week, I mm-hmm. can walk in, speak to no one, mm-hmm. pick up my food and drink uh, mm-hmm. that, that has my name on it, and walk out with no interaction yep. with, the, with the crew.
0: You don't get your coffee for free <laughs> at the office. Yeah, not Only not in our franchisees' stores. No, no, no. Well, I remember years ago visiting uh, downtown at uh, or um, at the. Um Uh, at your your headquarters, and the walk through the break room was... That's right. Just just walking three feet into it, I think I gained five pounds. (laughs) I mean, it was just... I said every day, and the smell was so divine, you know? (laughs) No wonder you can hire whoever you want, right? Yeah, you have to be careful, though, (laughs) if you're around it all day. I would think, I would think, yeah. yeah. Now, the... um, what are the next big shifts that are coming, uh, that are, that are coming we we talked a little bit about how beacon technology is something that's been very popular in in other retail like yep. in malls and in clothing stores but it doesn't necessarily work so well in a drive-through lane
1: yeah my uh you know one of the interesting problems we're still working on mm-hmm. is Uh, I need to know, I'd love to know uh, the same effect, you know, that we have uh, if you walk in in a drive through that it's Mm. Mary Fran. Mm -hmm. I know which order she ordered. We've already got it ready for her. And so when she pulls up to the window, we just hand it to you. Mm. Right. Yeah. And you don't have to do anything. That's that's the ultimate seamless experience. So we've tinkered with a couple of ways because the real problem for. Uh, you know quick serve um, drive-through concepts is I need to know you're the fourth car mm. not the third or the fifth car yeah so I've got to have that kind of resolution um, beacons uh, and and you're you're referencing uh, Bluetooth low energy beacons mm-hmm. uh, have made huge forays into retail particularly in large format retail so mm-hmm. we know you're on this aisle, likely look, looking at this product. So that's very wow. valuable to retailers where mm-hmm. uh, in large formats, they want to know where you are in the store, what your dwell time is, mm-hmm. what's your path uh, mm-hmm. around the store. And, and they learn a lot about how to, to tune their, you know, planograms and, and floor plans. Uh, in our uh, concept, it's really about the drive-through. So getting down to the resolution of a car length uh, is a little tricky, mm-hmm. uh, reliably. Uh, The other thing is, and as, um, you know, uh, even uh, Apple uh, shared with us, and I love the expression, so I've used it, but attribute it to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that phone in the car to detect, uh, and that's really what's going on, the beacon and therefore uh, work. um, uh, You know, having that phone floating around in this Faraday chamber of a car, if it's on the floor versus the seat versus Mm -hmm. in your hand, you may have different uh, success at actually having oh. it detect the beacon. So oh, that's, that's a little different than just in your pocket walking around yeah. a regular retail. Hmm. So it's a challenging problem. It's a lot of fun, and that's a lot of the fun we're having. Mm-hmm. Um, we're starting to tinker with other technologies. There's a lot of license plate recognition, so you know, mm-hmm. optical or, or video-based uh, technologies uh, there's magnetic resonance because we have uh, loops detecting when cars pull through the drive-thru. We, yeah. we have lots of sensors out there that we're trying to leverage to
0: mm-hmm. to
1: get to that nirvana.
0: If you're our customer, we're trying to detect you. Well, that's true of everybody <laughs> yeah. these days, right? It is. Right? It's totally right? true. It is. Well, and I was thinking, you know, if if that car that's just dying for that double espresso pulls up and you hand them... My nasty green tea. You can see, you can see how the driver yeah. would like p- pitch a fit about yeah, that. That um, is true. Well, and I think you mentioned to me that it's sixty percent of your stores now have drive-through lanes. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely, okay. and growing. Yes. And growing. So yeah. ultimately, it will be all. of them. Nobody's going to get out of their cars anymore, are they? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know? mean, keeping
1: in mind again, mm. going back to the the uh, strategy work we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, consumers see us as an on-the-go brand. Uh, it, it might okay. be commuting. Yeah. It might be picking up the kids, dropping off the kids, going to school, going somewhere, but you're going from A to B. It's not a destination where they're going
0: to open their laptop and work on it there. That's right, yeah. Mm -hmm. So
1: that's how consumers are using us. So Mm -hmm. obviously, if they're likely in a car anyway... Um, you know, we want to facilitate mm-hmm. making that as seamless as possible.
0: Well, I can remember some years ago just noticing that about the Starbucks brand is that they always had areas where there were people hanging around. You know, it was <laughs> <laughs> people come in. They're not necessarily on the go. It's kind of more of a destination. They're going to hang out and do their email there for, you know, like an hour and a half. Yep. Um, whereas you, it's true you don't see that at Dunkin'. It's just a different feel. Yeah. 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 And it's not Mm. that
1: we've tried to avoid it. We we provide, you know, public Wi-Fi, the same as as Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just the consumer is using our brand differently than theirs, I think. So and that's
0: one of the things that distinguishes us. And there you go. And it's good. Distinguishing is good these days, right? Absolutely. I can remember years ago, one of the other uh, donut types out in the world is Krispy Kreme. Yep. And um, one of my kids was in college and had discovered it. Uh, they had, like, different racks of donuts, and there were different types. Sure. There were Dunkin' there, and there was Krispy Kreme, and there were a couple of other brands. And then we were in the South one time with the both of these kids, and we drove by, and they both nearly fell out of the car. There was an entire store full of Krispy Kreme. Oh, yeah. And they had only thought it was a shelf in a particular <laughs> store, like a 7-Eleven. They know you could have a whole they store. they were like, oh, my God, a whole store yeah. of Krispy Kreme. Little did they know that's yeah. actually how it started. You know? Right. <laughs> I know, I know, but they had never, they hadn't been to Atlanta yet, yeah, and right, seen that. Right. So, um, I, I wanted you to mention your loyalty program a couple times, and yeah. I noticed I read something about uh, you added two million more consumers to it just in 2017 alone. Yeah, that and, sounds right. Yeah, and that's up to how many million now?
1: Uh, I don't know what number we've said last, and quite honestly, I don't have the most recent. But it's going to be on the order of you know mm-hmm. 16, 17 million, something like yeah. that. I'd have to, Does, have um, to look.
0: Right. I have loyalty cards to various things yep. and I can I never seem to have them with me when I'm in the right no. place you know I'll go into a Hallmark store and they'll say do you have one of our loyalty cards yep. and I'll say I'm sure I do but I don't have them ultimately do you think people will still have the cards I mean when do we start doing yeah, this our program, program is almost ways?
1: exclusively virtualized already okay. so you mm-hmm. download our app and all of that loyalty functionality as He's well as phone. the ordering and mm-hmm. paying is all handled right within the app on your phone yep Okay. No, no no physical component to it.
0: Okay. Well, that works. Well, and my my next question was actually about uh, digital transformation kind of with capital, you know, the initial capital letters, what it means to uh, restaurant retail. Yeah. And we we probably have covered most of it with talking about mobile and the way consumers have changed. But are there beyond mobile ordering and the payments initiatives, are there other kind of transformative business um, initiatives going on, anything internally or externally, uh, that fall into that, uh, I've been calling it the digital business ecosystem. Yeah. You know, the way companies are changing uh, just the way there's less paper, the flow of information is changing so much inside of companies. I wondered if you had anything that I haven't asked you about along those lines that's going on. At yeah, I,
1: I mean, in the enterprise, there's probably, you know, nothing that's not an opportunity anywhere else. And again, mm-hmm. we're a fairly small uh, company. So it's not in, in an enormous either synergy, cost savings opportunity, etc. But sure, are we more, mm-hmm. are we, you know, less paper based? Absolutely. I've got a. Again, a CEO who would like us to get rid of all the printers and not let anyone print anything um, hasn't happened yet. But yeah. uh, you know that—that's his aspiration in fact, anyway.
0: It, I think overall printer sales keep climbing. Uh, yeah, is the interestingly weird thing.
1: they keep getting bigger and more expensive what and three supporting three of them in my yeah. house, yeah.
0: and I don't print that much <laughs> stuff. You know, I'm just like that's
1: because you're a publisher. <laughs> oh, will,
0: you know, we say tech media now. Okay, we don't right. Say tech publishing. media. But, but publishing, but you still have a like printer. Print media. Yeah, you still yeah. have printers. <laughs> uh, Yes, we
1: do. Um, yeah, I think if uh, you know, if I'm looking at the next frontier, while while we're doing some you know sort of incremental extensions, you know, once you can mobile order, you can mobile order for a catering use separate mm-hmm. from a regular consumer's use. Mm-hmm. You can mobile order and have it uh, delivered through curbside, as I as I mm-hmm. mentioned. You know, mm-hmm. there are incremental variations on that, but the the area that gets me most interested is I go back to this focus on the drive through So okay. there are a couple of things, not just the detection of the car and figuring out how to make your experience really seamless mm-hmm. through the drive through uh, And we're looking at digital signage. So taking, we currently already mm-hmm. have 7,000 digital menu boards inside, Yes. Uh, trying to mm-hmm. bring that outside, which obviously has weather theft, contrast challenges to it. But if we can uh, have digital signage in the drive through we can do a whole lot of things there. We can mm-hmm. do order confirmation. We can say, welcome back, Mary Fran, once we detect you in your mm-hmm. car. We can do a, a whole bunch of interesting things. Yeah. Uh, We can also do things uh, earlier. So, for instance, we've partnered with both Waze Mm -hmm. uh, and General Motors, and we're working with uh, some of the other uh, auto uh, manufacturers um, to either integrate in-car, so Mm -hmm. before you get to the Duncan either link with our app or integrate in some fashion so that you can order through your car and not just your phone. Oh. Uh, would If you're using Waze and mm-hmm. you want to see the next Dunkin' on your route and yeah. then link to our app so you can order from that Dunkin' as you go by. Uh, there are a lot of interesting... Mm-hmm car integration or car experience yep. initiatives that I, I think is probably the next few years.
0: Well, and I think even now, I think you can just ask, say, OK, Google, or yep. ask Siri. We've done and that say with sh- Google yeah. Assistant. Yeah, yep. uh, show We've done us an Alexa and, skill. Yep, sure. And around here in Boston, you'll get like, which one of the 14,000 locations <laughs> That's do you right. <laughs> want? <laughs> well, and it's just, I forget sometimes that it is the franchisee model because the different stores can be very different. Like the sure. one we have in Stowe, Massachusetts doesn't look like the one that. In Boston or Brookline, yeah, they're fancier I mean, we have there. A, they have their digital leaderboards, yeah. Leader yeah. yeah. Uh, no, we have. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: I mean, we we have a national menu that everybody provides, so that mm-hmm. there's consistency for the brand. But there is some some localization that that uh, you know our brand team allows yeah. with franchisees to serve you know a very localized community.
0: Well, and you're experimenting out there now with the next-gen stores, we next gen stores, next generation. Yeah. How does i t play a role there and and what what are those like? I know has the one in Quincy opened up? It
1: is it's open uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, actually a mile or so from the very first Duncan and they're actually owned by the same franchisee so really? you can see the latest mm-hmm. uh, expression of Duncan and drive down uh, the street also in Quincy oh. and, and see the original Duncan that's got to be a feature story for somebody yeah oh you yeah know? I it's, would it's think made the press I yeah, would definitely. think so okay
0: <laughs> but yes that
1: yeah. uh, we actually have uh, probably a dozen expressions now open of different next gen concepts mm-hmm. and we're tinkering with both the brand expression back to the do you take Duncan off the, oh. the name does it just go to DD, does it become Duncan? So our brand team is is working on uh, you know, evaluating uh, mm-hmm. some of those kinds of things. But uh, we're also looking at, uh, there are some technology uh, enhancements in store. So a lot of what we talked about, mm-hmm. we're also showing, uh, for instance, an order status board. So uh, if you've ordered ahead mm-hmm. and you walk in, you have that anxiety of, did they really get my order? Mm-hmm. Have they already made it? I don't see it here. Am is I going to end up with green tea? Right. <laughs> So we yeah. want to show you your mm-hmm. name in lights that yep yeah. we have got the order and we're working on it and mm-hmm. it'll be up you know shortly if you happen to get there that fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some you know uh, initiatives in the drive-through. For instance, at that particular store, uh, we were able to uh, and it's the first of its kind mm-hmm. create a dedicated mobile drive-through lane. So if you've ordered ahead, oh. you can actually drive through, yeah. bypass the speaker box, go straight to the window. Uh, and they will have your order for you.
0: Now, how are they, How are you identifying those particular cars? Is that all from the phone?
1: Yeah, because uh, we aren't yet. That's, that's oh, something okay. we're still working on. Mm-hmm. But we know that the car is a mobile ordering car because they went by the speaker. Right? Okay. They went in this, yep. this other lane. So we know you're a mobile order. We just don't know it's you. So you still have to identify yourself at the window. Okay. I'm Mary Fran. Yep. And they have all the, oh, the prepared orders uh, with you your go. name on it.
0: They'll be like, sorry, somebody got your green tea. (laughs) That never happens, strangely enough. Yeah. Um, Actually,
1: the biggest concern (laughs) when we tried this was uh, whether, um, uh, you know, good Boston uh, Quincy crowd would Mm -hmm. be polite and allow cars to merge back to the one. Uh, speaker Lane, but oh. uh, turns out it's worked out just fine. Has They've it? been great. Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Counting on anything from no Boston fights, drivers is no, just No like, accidents, nothing, no. You're lucky Here there's no gas shortage going right. on right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the, um, one of the things you mentioned about the look in these stores, they're more like high-end, fancy-schmancy grocery stores than, you Hmm. know, like a a donut shop. Yeah, I don't know. know? (laughs) Uh,
1: I don't know that we're going for fancy-schmancy, but uh, (laughs) uh, it is definitely an updated look. A lot of the the fit and finish uh, in the store, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as a number of our competitors are also doing. You know, we've modernized uh, the look and feel. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's also a lot of great uh, operations initiatives. So we're looking at new um, methods of dispensing, new equipment in store for preparing food. So there's a number of initiatives there, uh, even moving uh, the donut case from what you're you're probably used to seeing, even in Stowe Mass, mm-hmm. a, a, behind back, the person. a back case yep. b- behind the crew, um, that in that Quincy store has been brought forward so the consumer okay. can see it under glass, perhaps mm-hmm. like a grocery store. Yes. Uh, yeah. You're much closer to the actual product.
0: I was thinking like the bakery counter in Whole Foods. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. where you can go up. It is much closer to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and they do. And they, and they make more of a point of making it look fancy schmancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they need to. It's a one. very nice expression. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It's going to be great. The um, and, and when we were talking about the way consumers have changed, one of the things you pointed out is that, and all the research is showing this, that everybody is moving up market. That everything now is the demand for premium quality products and sure. that's where all that um, – and this – the next-gen stores uh, say that it's a huge success in Quincy, and you have another one in California? Yeah, we yeah.
1: Uh, opened one in California, but we've actually had several here. We've got one up in New Hampshire. Oh, uh, we've okay. got a couple in downtown Boston. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, 6, 8, 10, 12 now, uh, okay. and we're opening one, you know, pretty routinely, all slightly different takes. Uh, we just did our first remodel, so it was mm-hmm. an existing store instead of a new build. Yeah. Um, and some of them are trying different components, Uh, So, for instance, we want to know in a store where the real estate uh, is a constraint and we can't dedicate that lane, Mm -hmm. will a consumer still want to order ahead and have the product made if they have to sit behind someone in a single lane that has to order? You know, it's sort of the the easy pass. I want to be able to Mm -hmm. go buy them, not sit behind them while they're uh, making change. Mm So. Uh, we're tinkering with with uh, different elements, uh, but hope to get to a standard very quickly uh, because our franchisees are are uh, demanding it quickly. They they want a, this new updated um, well, concept very, and the, very soon.
0: The thousand stores, the thousand stores that you're going to add by 2020, yep. are they all likely? Uh, will they all be next gen stores? Absolutely. Essentially, yeah. okay.
1: we, We'll probably. Uh, settle on the elements of the design in the next few months, and going it, it'll immediately mm-hmm. uh, start rolling. It'll out. start going great yeah. guns.
0: D- is the plan to be in every state, or are you picking? Well, we're almost there spots? now. Okay. Uh, so mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I mean, obviously, we're we're clearly much denser here, as you pointed out, uh, than on the West Coast. <laughs> but we, you know, we're already in dozens of stores uh, in California. And when I got okay. here, uh, you know, uh, less than six years ago. Uh, we didn't have a single store in California. So, we, yeah. you know, the expansion continues. Uh, still, lots of an enormous white space of opportunity in the Western U.S. for our brand. Well, that's uh, one of the things going well.
0: that's really different about restaurant retail compared to the like clothing retail in the malls. Mm. I mean, increasingly, communities are seeing empty spaces at the yep, malls. That is true. Because so that whole trend of opening more stores is kind of like going in the other direction. Yeah. For um,
1: some. You know, but to the point where we're not a destination, um, we're an on the go, something on Mm -hmm. the go. So, as long as we're in the right place to be on the go when you go by, Ah. uh, I think consumers will still uh, want to use us. Now, it is true, you know, there is an increasing trend of. Uh, consumption at home of, of all mm-hmm. products. Um, but, I, you know, I think at some point, even in the you, distant future... you
0: got to wedge people out of their yeah, houses. you got to get yeah. out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> at some point. Well, and all this makes me think about the enormous data story that is behind all of this. Mm. Are you at the point now where do you have data scientists on staff? Are you going to need them in the future?
1: Yeah. Um, um, talk
0: about your whole data management strategy sure. and approach. Yeah,
1: we, we do have uh, a couple... Uh, okay. Between you know both my organization and our marketing team, you know our, mm-hmm. our CMO and especially the the digital uh, team, uh, analytics is increasingly critical. Okay. Uh, I would say you know versus what you know other industries are doing, we're still very early. I mean, if you think back, just four years ago, every customer of ours was anonymous. Because Mm. you came in with your credit card or cash, Mm -hmm. bought, and left. I had no idea about you, your demographics, Uh, anything. I didn't know when you were last in, when you're coming next, what you buy, at what frequency. Unlike
0: CPG companies, which know everything. everything. They have huge customer databases. Yeah, Yeah. so um, That's
1: a great point. Mm -hmm. uh, Now that we have a meaningful and still really well-growing mobile ordering and just our perks program, even Mm -hmm. if you don't order ahead... Anytime you use uh, your Duncan card to purchase, we record the transaction and mm-hmm. we know a lot about you, not to be creepy, but mm-hmm. we want to know how you purchase and how maybe we can incent you to either Buy more, buy more frequently. Or if mm-hmm. you come in three times, we suggest you come in a fourth. If yeah. you come in four times, we suggest you come in a fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, But it's still very early days. In I a think
0: really th- friendly way, you'll just uh, never leave me that's alone. That's right. Well, uh, <laughs> you know. And you know. why don't I friend you on Facebook <laughs> while I'm at it? Sure. <laughs> then you can have access to everything about me.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, well, let's be careful with that. I know, you know? I know. Yeah. That's, but that's, no, I mean, as mm-hmm. far as uh, if we can make the consumer's experience better in a way they want, yeah. we're all about that. And mm-hmm. now we have some data to tie consumer behavior together, and really know how they're using our brand, and frankly, you know what they value. So, yes. for instance, there's a huge value war on at the moment in our industry, but not all consumers are looking for the cheapest whatever. Uh, some appreciate just the convenience. They want yeah. it seamless. They want to order ahead. They want it convenient, uh, and take the friction out. So, the, yeah. the delivery use case is a great example. People will pay. to have a $5 coffee and breakfast sandwich delivered to them. Uh, Ah. So there is a consumer that is price insensitive um, for the convenience of it. So Mm -hmm. we're trying to figure that out uh, and figure out what consumers really want so that that we can deliver it.
0: Boy, that's the the perennial question, isn't it? What do consumers really (laughs) want? And it's changing year over year now as different things come along and they're like, oh, the Uber-like experience I want. Um, What Uber eats is yep. very interesting where people are getting food we've, delivered we've, we've, by we've, Uber. Yeah, i worked with them, at that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and,
1: and uh, others like them, the DoorDashes of the world, you know, we've partnered with in, yeah. in a couple of markets. So, yeah, delivery is going to be huge. Whoever, you know, ultimately um, succeeds at that, and I'm sure there will be multiple mm-hmm. uh, providers out there. Uh, But providing that service to a consumer is clearly in demand.
0: And do you have to, essentially, you have to keep looking around to see who the disruptive new players are going to be in the coffee space, right? yeah. How do you keep on top of that sort of thing?
1: Um, I mean, some of it you can see coming. Some of it develops in, you know, Europe or or other markets. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of it is just new entrants. So obviously, you can watch new concepts open in uh, restaurant retail or QSR specifically. Uh, Some of them stick, some of them don't, but, you know, just seeing what is uh, being tried out there tells Mm -hmm. you a lot about what others or consumers think um, are, you know, either innovative new product, innovative new service models, um, you know, whole new different businesses and, and ways of delivering, you know packaged goods or branded, you know, mm-hmm. products and services uh, to consumers.
0: Well, I had a uh, a conversation about this sort of thing with my CIO friend from Bloomin Brands, mm. and they were looking at a whole bunch of uh, restaurants and airports were putting iPads at the table yep. where you could kids could play games on them and you could order and, and order. everything. Sure, I've seen that. And yeah, and so they tried it. They rolled it out to many of their restaurants and discovered that the people that were coming to the Bonefish Grill and the uh, the Italian places, they were not. Not looking for an airport experience. Mm. They didn't. They didn't like the whole idea. They were there essentially to be waited on. You know, yeah. to have it. It was a different level of experience, and so the expectation was different. And some people also found the uh, the germaphobe aspects of it. Oh, really? Interesting. Idea. Yeah, I yeah. know. I know. And it was one of those things where they thought, okay, well, a lot of our competitors are doing this, so we'll experiment with it. Um, and that kind of stuff is fascinating. Yeah, we have a you, learn. you know
1: a raging debate about uh, kiosks in in. Uh, Ah. Quick serve versus mobile ordering on your phone. Okay, I obviously prefer the phone because it's your device that you paid for that I don't have to support and maintain. Right, but <laughs> um, but you know we we see a lot of our competition using uh, kiosks, and maybe there's an argument for a consumer need where the consumer doesn't want the small piece of glass that's theirs. They'd mm-hmm. rather use ours, but they still don't want to approach the counter and talk to a crew member. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going mm-hmm. to, you know, experiment with it and, and try those out. Um, I, You know, I think the jury is still out on, mm. is it a big idea uh, versus just another way to yeah. order? Um, is it but, just but another we'll wrinkle?
0: Out. Is it something that only 10% of your right. customers are interested in? And then is it worth it? Right. Mm-hmm. For yeah. For the expense of yeah. putting
1: another device in store. Yes. Right.
0: Well, this is why you get the big title, the chief strategy <laughs> officer, right? <laughs> now, um, a lot of the things that we've been talking about um, are in, in very innovative ideas. They're very much thinking forward and thinking about the business. What is your kind of your approach and your philosophy about innovating with IT? I, I've talked with some CIOs who take a fairly formalized approach and they'll have tiger teams or innovation centers or specific people that are just their job is to look at all the crazy new stuff out yeah, there and what we sure. should use. And then others are more uh, a little less structured and there's more feeling of innovation is everybody's job. Yeah. So what talk about Kind of your approach and philosophy to it, and has it changed over time? Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: well, I'll start with, and and I, I don't want this to sound academic, but um, because it's really more practical than anything else. Mm-hmm. Given as small as we are, innovation has to be everybody's job. Uh, so it's definitely it's definitely the latter uh, option. Uh, we don't have a standalone organization either. Mm-hmm. And think of you know our our colleagues in marketing or my organization. Uh, And I've had and we've seen this. It's really everybody's job. uh, And I like that for a couple of reasons. One, it's practical. I I can't Mm -hmm. dedicate resources to create a separate organization Mm -hmm. just focused on that. Also, when you do that. Everyone else feels like, well, Left gee, I, I, yeah. I can't work on the, the cool, sexy, new stuff. Yep. I have to work on the day-to-day.
0: That's what I hate about that bimodal IT idea. Yeah. You know, here, yeah. here, this is the slow group, <laughs> and this is the fast group. It's like, <laughs> all right, raise your hand. Who wants to be in the slow group? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know. Uh, well, sometimes yeah. you want to
1: be slow. I think of yeah. accounting and finance. Slow is just oh, fine. okay. Let, let's not try and be innovative with treasury. I think they treasury. want to be safe and That's careful. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. right.
0: You don't get a lot of people wanting a lot of agile development on, for instance, your legacy mainframe That's right, stuff. Right. Okay. Or even new mm-hmm.
1: accounting pronouncements when you need to make changes. Let's, right, let's be right. thoughtful about yes, that. Yes,
0: this is true. There are some regulations to yes, pay attention to absolutely. there. Yeah.
1: But um, the, the other aspect I'd share back on the innovation is, uh, you know, we've had some great technology ideas come out of our marketing team. Okay. We've had some interesting marketing ideas come out of our team. Uh, we've can you had give them, me an
0: example? Uh,
1: let's see. Um, I, you know, the most recent is uh, one, one of our uh, digital team members uh, was really fascinated by uh, Google voice assistant. So, mm-hmm. you know, think about, uh, you know, almost now getting beyond just can I ask a device a question and get a response, but have an interactive conversation. Mm. Uh, so one of the things that you, you start to think about is, well, gee, going back to that drive through use case, at some mm-hmm. point it might get interactive and good enough. Well, I'll break it into two generations. The first generation is let's use it as a translator because mm-hmm. oftentimes for accents or different parts of the country or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. The crew member can't understand someone ordering in the car through a speaker. Okay. Or the driver can't understand the crew member. Mm-hmm. So imagine if you insert a voice assistant between the two to translate for one another. Interesting. So that's a first yeah. generation. The second mm-hmm. generation is perhaps... It'll get good enough. It can take the order, and you're not even talking to a human without knowing. No, it. you just mention so,
0: it in your living room, that, and your right. device picks it up and or at sends the, the order. Or at, at the, the speaker box in the driver box. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So those,
1: you know, but that idea, you know, and and tinkering with it, uh, with with one of the big technology partners, it was really mm-hmm. being led out of our digital marketing team. That's uh, so cool. And now we're mm-hmm. working with them to try and test it out.
0: Yeah. Do you do? Uh, do you have a research and development group at? Duncan, is it like a cross-functional group, or is it all in IT or yeah, marketing? No, or? Uh,
1: not specific to technology. We do, but for us, you know, our innovation team is really around products. So mm-hmm. uh, we have a lab for uh, both food and beverage, uh, but it, it's not really technology. We'll get into equipment in-store, uh, but when we you know, have to bring an, an IT component to it, um, you know we do that out of our team and and don't have a dedicated team for it mm-hmm. uh, again I'd like to think everybody gets to participate and, yeah and does by, by and large just given our size
0: Well and just having a culture that encourages that seems like it seems like a really smart idea and very inclusive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you think about, you know, uh, the last person I interviewed for one of our positions, Mm -hmm. you know, using your example, I I don't want to to have to let them know they're on the slow team or the fast team or you're on the team. Yeah. And and that can be a lot of fun. There's also the day to day of making sure things are up and running as they should. Uh, but, you know, hopefully everybody, you know, can get excited about participating in, yeah, a, in and what's kinda, next.
0: Well, and that um, I, you've been interviewed on this many times about the in, the cross-functional culture you have at Duncan, mm. And that's actually something that a lot of companies work at trying to generate. But it was it was that way when you got there, right? This yeah. And, is not, and yeah. again,
1: it's a practical uh, reality of of being such a small company. I can run into you know, our CMO or COO in the hallway and mm-hmm. make a very strategic decision simply because there's no one else that has to get involved. So, yeah. by virtue of being a small organization, there's not that many of us to have to get aligned to make mm-hmm. a, v- a very strategic decision. Okay. So, that's a lot of fun. But yeah, we almost everything we do. In fact, I, I can't think of maybe one or two meetings uh, that are just IT. If okay. we don't have our operators and our marketers and, you know, even finance, treasury, you know, all of yep. our functions uh, involved, it's not going to be successful.
0: So you, uh, even from the time you got there, you didn't have to deal with that issue of it being the business and IT, like oh, IT was off not. in yeah. some other department. Yeah. That's even, nice. Even That's my a luxury. Weekly, <laughs> even
1: my weekly data security meeting, which is mm-hmm. about as wonky as it gets, we <laughs> still have Operations, loss prevention, finance, we have... uh, Oh, everybody's there. And they participate every week. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, last question. I can't believe how fast our hour has flown by. Um, One of the things I always ask CIOs about, you know, how much of a slog is it getting the talent you need? Mm. And uh, 80, 90% of the time, it's a huge problem for CIOs, finding and keeping and, you know, like acquiring talent and all that. But you're not at a crisis level with that, is it? Not at a crisis uh,
1: level. I mean... Uh I won't kid you we we are in um you know a very uh It's not know, easy a in A difficult Boston. market. I mean, got, yeah, the Boston GE market. just got here. Yeah, GE yep. moved mm-hmm. in downtown, so I, I don't mm-hmm. appreciate Jim Fowler um, <laughs> elbowing in, but uh they, cut off uh, his DD perks the, that's card. Right. yeah uh, no, you are in trouble now, Jim. Yeah, no. Yeah. everybody in the in the the community is uh is great, but yeah. uh there's also a lot of great talent here, you know, mm-hmm. look look at our higher education system. So you you know, there's a lot of great yeah. talent, but there is a lot of demand for that talent. I guess, um, the you know, one thing that makes it not a crisis for us is, mm-hmm. you know, we're a well-known consumer brand. I've always worked in branded uh, consumer products yeah. uh, mm-hmm. businesses. So to your, I, I think you opened with this, um, folks know who we are and what yeah, we do. There's and a cachet
0: to it. Th- mm-hmm. There
1: is, particularly in this part of the country. Yeah. Um, so we've been able to find talent that wants to work for a fun, mm-hmm. you know, consumer products company.
0: Yeah. yeah, and all that free coffee—that can't right. hurt, you know. I mean, you're not a beer company, but uh, it, it's hard to be more fun than that's that. That's right. That's right. Because <laughs> just less productivity week, drops yeah.
1: uh, if we started serving beer.
0: Well, less, <laughs> le- <laughs> I suppose. Coffee
1: might be enhancing. Coffee, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, last week I interviewed Sanjay Shringarpur from E and J Gallo. Oh, yeah. And sure. his talent problem is that he try—he's trying to get uh, recruit people to come out to Modesto yeah. when they could live in San Francisco. Yeah. So being, you know, as close into Boston. as... As you are, yeah. uh, is actually uh, a pretty good. it's a, Yeah,
1: it's you a know, fun. I uh, and and I totally know the challenge of Modesto because I used to work in the wine industry. Yeah, and even with the cachet of we were based up in uh, the wine valleys in Napa and Sonoma yeah. of the North Bay, and that was still tough to the point that we opened an office in San Francisco yep. while I was there. Yeah, um, just because of being able to to attract mm-hmm. talent. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It really has been. It is great to talk with you indeed. And uh, thank you very much for um, our our live viewers who have joined us. If you came in late and you're just dying to watch the whole full episode, I know (laughs) I would be, uh, you can find it posted uh, tomorrow on CIO.com. It is, of course, running now on at CIO online on Twitter. And we make an audio podcast of this fascinating interview with Jack Clare, available on iTunes and SoundCloud and Google Play. So please feel free to download the audio podcast and listen in your car. And I hope you can also join us for our next episode. I'll be back on Tuesday, May 22nd at 10 a.m. Eastern. And I'm going to be interviewing the Adobe Systems CIO, Cynthia Stoddard, then. So thanks so much for joining us today for CIO Leadership Live with Jack Clare.
1: Okay. Okay.